Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Michael Reed on LMFM. Wednesday morning, the 27th of January. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. The 90 deaths recorded yesterday feeds into the now terrible milestone of how more than 3,000 people have died from COVID-19 in Ireland. A total of 3,066 deaths. 3,066 funerals. 3,066 families grieving loved ones lost to a pandemic. The new variants have made the virus more transmissible and another milestone today shows how the number of cases around the world has exceeded 5 million. That's more people who have COVID this morning than the entire population of Ireland. The figure since the pandemic began is now more than 100 million cases. Our hospitals are under enormous pressure and we must protect the women and men of our health service who continue to heroically put themselves on the line for all of us every day and every night. Since this pandemic began, 2,155,052 people have died across the world. 425,117 of those in America. In India, 153,724 people have died. 218,878 people have died in Brazil. In the UK, 100,162 people have died. In France, the number is 70 3,725 and in Italy 86,422 people have died from COVID-19 and as said 3,066 deaths have been recorded in Ireland. It is very clear to everyone now all across the European Union that the, the emergence of the new variants of the disease represents a dangerous and, and new development. We cannot give the virus or its variants any space. The threat to human life has, as expected, resulted in an extension to the current lockdown with restrictions to continue here for at least another six weeks. Therefore, government has decided to extend all of the current Level 5 restrictions until the 5th of March, with a view to crushing the numbers of those contracting the disease and, in turn, the numbers needing hospitalisation and intensive care. The message to people for the next six weeks is very simple. Stay at home. Do not travel. Do not make any journeys outside of your five kilometres unless you have absolutely have to. Hold firm 
and stick to the basics. Instead of these ongoing rolling lockdowns, the solution, many now argue, is to shut the country down, close the ports, make it mandatory for overseas visitors to quarantine and pursue a zero-COVID strategy, seal us off from the rest of the world and allow people to live normally once again here as they do now in New Zealand. I understand the appeal of the idea that there's a simple answer to the pandemic in our country we just pull up the drawbridge and we'll be back to normal in no time. However, the truth is that there is no easy way through this pandemic or out of it. The number of travellers coming into our country has absolutely collapsed and we have taken a number of decisions today designed to further suppress that number. The Taoiseach Michal Martin will talk about uh, those measures now with Labour TD for Loud and East Meath, Gerald Nash and Fianna Fáil Senator Shane Castles. Good morning to both of you and thanks for joining us. Jed Nash, first of all, uh, what do you make of the government's approach to all of this? Or more to the point, do you understand what changes were announced yesterday? Um, a lot of these were flagged uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, to be honest, um, they seem to be tinkering around with the edges. Um, you outlined earlier on in your contribution, Michael, the number of people who have died so far. Um, by the time this phase of the pandemic passes, <clears throat> the number of people in Ireland that will have died will have exceeded the number of people whose lives were taken as a result of the troubles over a 30-year period. So that puts it in a bit of context. And I'm always conscious when I'm speaking on the programme or indeed any other uh, medium that there are people who are listening to this programme this morning who have lost loved ones uh, or they're concerned about the fate of a loved one who might be in hospital. And I think the government has a duty to the people who are listening, the people of this republic, to introduce radical step changes in terms of how we approach this virus. We can't live with this virus any longer. It is too virulent. It's too transmissible. Uh, We don't know how the new variants are going to behave. And that's why we need a radical departure. Something as akin and as close to a zero zero COVID strategy as we can practically introduced and that's why we have called for consistently over the last couple of weeks at the very least mandatory quarantine for all of those who are entering the country uh, and a much more severe approach to um, taking control of the matters that we can take control of and that's why there's an onus and a responsibility on the government to do much much more and by that I mean for example uh, introducing um, policing and enforcement uh, of new regulations within five kilometres of the border, north and south. Uh, that involves cooperation with the PSNI as well. That won't be a panacea, but I think it will certainly help to take the numbers down to strangle this virus or crush it so we can actually allow for time to introduce new measures uh, when we get through this period. And we will get through this period with the kind of measures we propose. That what we should then move to for example, is beefing up our public health teams, making sure that when there are limited outbreaks and when we get to the point where community transmission is down, that we can actually introduce cordon sanitaire around areas that are affected, uh, introduce uh, heavy restrictions in areas like that to make sure we can have as close to zero community transmission uh, to bring these numbers down as quickly as possible to make sure that we can have some kind of normality over the next uh, few months. Okay, let me go to Shane Castles. There's a lot of confusion about what was announced yesterday and what is actually happening. It seems as though the government was announcing that it has aspirations uh, to carry out a a lot of new measures, uh, but this is a work in progress. Uh, Good morning, Michael, and good morning to to Jed as well. Um, I think similar to what I was saying to you maybe a couple of weeks ago when we spoke last, Michael, you have a government announcement and then in tandem with that, you have the logistics of putting those announcements in place, working across government departments, because in some cases, uh, legislation is required to implement them. In other cases, 
you need to coordinate with partners as well. I think when we spoke only a short couple of weeks ago, we were in a very precarious uh, situation, as indeed we still are. As you said, 90 deaths again yesterday. And I know that January is a tough month normally for people anyway, but it's, I think, the toughest January we've ever had in our lives when you've got people uh, socially isolated living at home or indeed people in a packed house trying to homeschool and work themselves. But this legislation that's required isn't ready and the government is in the process of drawing up that legislation. Should that legislation not be in place and ready to be put before the doll? And the point I was just going to just finish there as well, Michael, was that uh, rates are falling at 8% a day currently. So while we were in a very precarious position a couple of weeks ago, the trajectory is going in the right direction now. And so, yes, we are entering now uh, a prolonged period of lockdown. But the hope is to give people hope that at the end of that, you will see hopefully in 10 days, those rates drop to 500 a day in 20 days. Well, hope, of course, but, but what did the government then, announce yesterday then, in terms of then, restricting travel? What the government announced yesterday was an extension and asking people the very simple message that the, that the Taoiseach said at the outset in the package that you played, hold firm and keep by the rules. The trajectory is coming down. OK, so this is advisory. It's requests to people to behave. It's requesting people who come into the country to do the right thing. Uh, there is nothing enshrined in law. No, you, you, you heard the Taoiseach announce quite clearly and you've just played the clip, Michael, yourself that there will be uh, changes in terms of those coming from when? Um, South America. Whenever the legislation... I'm whenever the legislation. When We've no idea when that will be. Michael, if you want to be so facetious, that's fine. They are working around the clock to introduce the legislation. There is the doll is meeting this morning and the announcements pertaining to the fast tracking of that legislation, I presume, will be announced as part of leaders' questions during the doll this morning at half past ten. I, I, I think, Michael, you know, you're being quite facetious in that respect when you know that the government is going to announce. Uh, working with uh, Jed and the Labour Party and other opposition parties, the fast tracking of that legislation... OK. Jed Nash, is it facetious to ask where this legislation is? Certainly not, Michael. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm asking Jed Nash. I'm a, you, you've clearly said it's facetious to ask where this no, legislation Michael, is. You know I'm asking Jed Nash if it is facetious to ask that question. Jed Nash. Michael, I think you know that, what I said. I think people have a right to know what government are not just considering, but what they've planned. And to be frank, um, given the trajectory of the virus and the reality of what hap- what's happening at the moment and, 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 and the impact that this is having on everyone's daily lives and the, the grief that people are going through and the trauma this country is going through, people should have an expectation that the government would have um, developed a number of different scenarios in terms of how the different challenges that we have at the moment would be dealt with. And in doing so, what to do then is prepare... Mm. Uh, potential draft legislation that could be brought before the doll because in terms of mandatory quarantine and so on for EU citizens in any case a new primary legislation will uh, be required to be introduced and the Labour Party will cooperate as a constructive opposition party to do that in the interests of all of the people uh, of this country. Do you that expect the Taoiseach like to outline when this legislation will come uh, before the House uh, in leaders' questions this morning? I'll be questioning him on those very issues um, on the order of business today. Uh, I think people have waited far too long for a step change and we haven't yesterday seen that step change that we require. Mm. We've A government, to be frank, that's reacting to everybody and not anticipating different scenarios that uh, we could have anticipated would arise because of the easing of restrictions in the December. Now, nobody could have predicted the virulence of uh, this new strain and I, 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 wonder, I sit back and wonder sometimes when government talk about uh, how unimportant they see travel and the 
fact that the numbers of people travelling into this country mm. is, is very small. Um, I, I think that that's a marked disrespect to people who are following all of the rules and the people of Ireland have got those numbers down by modifying their behaviour over the mm. last uh, few weeks. But there's an expectation and I think an onus on the government to say, to front up with people and say, look, these new variants are coming into the country because uh, of international travel. Uh, the, the new uh, UK, or it's not you now, it's been around for a good few weeks, the UK variant originated in Kent. It didn't didn't come here of its own volition. It came here as well. It was recognised. It, it, it was recognised in Kent. Where it originated, I think, is probably unknown. And I think the World Health Organisation have applauded the authorities in the United Kingdom for recognising that variant. If I can go back to Shane Castles, because you may think it's facetious of me to ask where the law is and how it'll be applied. But is it facetious of the Gardaí to say they don't know where the law is or how it'll be applied and that it's completely vague to them? Or is it facetious of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties to suggest that there may be constitutional problems in introducing laws like this in terms of monitoring what people do in their own homes? So to finish the point, Michael, uh, that I was making before you moved away, um, as you know, how the doll works is that the business paper and the order papers will be brought forward and they will work with the opposition party to do that and that will happen today. That was the point that I was making. In terms of working with the Gardaí and any other agencies, the government, as was said this morning, have announced the measures that they, they um, have announced and will work with the agencies that work on behalf of the state to implement them. Now, Jed used the phrase, you know, he, he sits back and wonders about this government. I, I, I think we, we cannot govern in soundbites. I sit back and wonder about, indeed, the Labour Party and Alan Kelly, who only two short months ago was looking for the pubs to be thrown open at Christmas. Fast forward two months, and now you want a complete lockdown of the country. So, I mean, this kind of inconsistency in um, narrative uh, from the opposition is not helpful. What about we're the inconsistency in government or the division? What about the inconsistent? What about the inconsistency? Well, we got that point, but what about the inconsistency in government or, or the division in government? Uh, it seems as though uh, there's opposition to the approach that the government has taken. Catherine Martin, Jack Chambers, and Simon Harris uh, say that there needs more clarity on what will be enforced in law. No, they, they didn't say anything. You're working off um, media speculation in terms of. Uh, Cabinet Confidentiality Cabinet, as Jed knows, uh, speaks with one voice. At the government announcement made yesterday, are with one voice, and they're designed to try and keep people uh, safe so that we don't see an escalation of the 90 decks that were recorded yesterday. I think that's the main aim here, Michael. So, trying to, uh, so are Pat Lee, he, Harry McGee, Jack Horgan-Jones and Jennifer Bray wrong, uh, and they don't know what was said at the Cabinet meeting, and you're right, and you do somehow know what was said at the Cabinet meeting, despite Cabinet confidentiality? No one ever said that. Yeah, well, you said I was wrong, because I'm, I'm quoting from the report in the Irish Times by those journalists who, who cite... Was Pat Leahy at the meeting? Well, you know what happens at these meetings. People come out and tell them what happened at it. Well, you you seem to know a hell of a lot more. Was Pat Leahy at the meeting, Michael? Of course he wasn't at the meeting. It's a cabinet meeting. meeting. So, I mean, what I'm going to take is the factual position of the government that was announced in trying to keep people safe. And if there was robust debate at that meeting, which you would expect, you wouldn't expect them to be all there nodding at each other. Of course you would expect robust debate. But you're trying to get to a situation where you have one decision and not several decisions, and mm. that's, what, that's what they have. OK, Jed Dash, do you consider this to be an informed report in the Irish Times today, that there's division at the Cabinet? Um, <clears throat> undoubtedly. Um, cabinets over the last few years have tended to leak like civs, and ministers have their own um, views um, on, on, on individual matters. Um, and yes, there is the principle of collective Cabinet responsibility, but sometimes that phrase around the edges, and I've no doubt that... 
Um, ministers, advisors were mobilised to give a counter view to journalists yesterday um, for, for their own reasons and they can all those individual ministers uh, account uh, for that. But the point here is this. I mean, we have to get to grips with this virus. We can't negotiate with it. Um, you wouldn't let, um, you know, we can't live with it. You, you, you wouldn't let something so volatile, someone so volatile and unpredictable that wants to kill you into your house. Um, it's down to the work of the people of this country that we've got the virus numbers down under 1,000 uh, in terms of positive rates yesterday. Uh, the numbers of, of, of uh, people who passed away and are continuing to pass away and are in great difficulty health-wise with this virus is just astonishing. It's putting huge pressure on our health service. And there's a lot of speculation in the papers today about, well, what's the plan after the 5th of March? I'm not that concerned about what the plan is for our economy after the 5th of March. I'm more concerned about what the long-term plan is to suppress uh, and contain uh, this virus to get well, community the, transmission down and what we do after that. Well, otherwise, it's going to go on until uh, after Easter at least. I just want to ask you both uh, if I can. The scenario then is a series of yo-yo lockdowns and nobody can sustain that and that's why we need to crush this virus now and introduce a plan to make sure that we continue to support Well, Leo Vratker has said Leo Vratker Leo Leo Vratker has said Yeah, go ahead, Shane Castles. You know, it's, it's, again, this is what comes back to my earlier point in terms of governing in sound bites. Um, or operating as an opposition party in soundbites. For Jed to say that he's not too concerned about what happens to the economy after the 5th of March is a ludicrous statement, considering uh, the, the, the people sitting at home today who want to get back into employment, who want to do their job. And when you again have a mm. Labour Party prior to Christmas who was saying, throw open the doors to the hospitality sector prior to Christmas so people could actually go uh, and enjoy hospitality and work. And then fast forward two months later and they said, well, we're not too concerned. OK, but on the other hand, on the other hand, Leo Radker is talking about shutting the country down for two years now. It was a year on Monday night and then last night it was two years. Uh, but if I could just ask you both uh, before we finish up about uh, the vaccines that had to be discarded at a, a local nursing home. Uh, the Midlands Loud Community Health Organisation area has confirmed through the HSE that 130 doses or 22 vials of vaccine were incorrectly stored and uh, they weren't kept at the right temperature so they had to be discarded. Uh, 49 residents in this nursing home were vaccinated uh, but uh, the other uh, vaccines had to be thrown out basically. Uh, I suppose uh, with something as complicated as this and as uh, with something as new as this, it's pretty much par for the course that you're going to find problems like this. Is it, w- would that be your view, Shane Castles? No, I think it's, it's highly regrettable that, that any, um, c- considering that people are so anxious uh, to get that, and we have had 143,000 doses administered up until uh, last weekend. And when you consider the anxiety that people here uh, feel, Listening to reports as well in terms of the ongoing um, debates in terms of the AstraZeneca uh, rollout as well and the fact that people are anxious now about whether we, we will make sure that we have that, that supply of vaccines. So I think any incidence is, is, is not acceptable and it is imperative that HSE management, uh, working with the Department on the Health on the ground, uh, ensure that every vaccine that is provided is administered into uh, an arm because uh, people are very um, anxious and want to make sure that they are in receipt of same. OK, Jed Nash. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this is this is regrettable, uh, to say the least, putting it diplomatically. Um, people would have been angered uh, reading those reports uh, last night. Um, sometimes these things do happen uh, with the best will in the world. Um, we're in a, a new environment and a new scenario now. 
Uh, I think it's important that the HSE and the individual nursing home itself, and we don't know who is responsible for um, this particular uh, issue. Uh, it, it doesn't need to be investigated and, and, and observed properly. So the system can actually learn from this. And could I just return uh, for the moment just to a point that Shane made? Of course, I'm concerned about the economy. Nobody's more concerned about jobs. But there is a realisation, I think, has dawned on people over the last few weeks that the most important thing uh, at this present moment in time is to save lives. Uh, our economy will recover. Uh, and all of the interventions that have been made to date have been very, very positive. Um, it's important to recognise that, uh, and the Labour Party has supported those interventions to keep people tied to their employer through wage subsidies and to ensure that businesses can remain viable so when the recovery comes that they can benefit from that. And we will benefit from that, but there is nothing more important than public health at the moment, and I don't think anything is more emblematic than this government being asleep at the wheel uh, as the fact that they've literally ignored introducing regulations that would have better managed uh, cross-border traffic and cross-border mm. transit. OK, got to leave it there. We're still waiting for a response on that. All right, got to leave it there, as I say. Thank you both uh, indeed uh, for joining us uh, this morning. Labour Party TD for Loud and Eastmeath, uh, Gerald Nash and Fianna Fáil Senator Shane Castles. Michael, Michael Reed, Reed on, on LMFM. LMFM. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.